Okay, welcome to the second episode of Picture Start with Eric Armijo. Uh, in this episode, I am joined by the lovely and talented and amazing and funny Eve Sturgis, um, who was a local comedian that uh, participated and I think co-created this uh, storytelling experiment called The Story Experiment. She told a lot of funny stories. She tells a few funny stories here. And uh, we decided to talk about the uh, June 2013 insta-hit, White House Down. Um, we recorded this in July, and a few things that we uh, mention are kind of outdated. Um, I say that Ben Affleck uh, does a great job playing the smaller roles uh, in movies these days, and we all know now he's taken on the bigger roles such as the villain in Runner Runner and uh, the Dark Knight himself. The government actually shut down as I was editing this podcast, so uh, think back and listen to a uh, happier time where uh, the government shutting down was only something that you could see at the movies. Uh, so sit back, relax, and listen to the second episode of Picture Start with Derek Armijo, recorded at the House of Pies in Burbank, or North Hollywood, California. Um, so if you're a fan of uh, plates clanking and people getting their coffee orders, this is definitely the episode for you. Enjoy. Okay, so Eve Sturgis is a movie enthusiast that I've met via the internet. I'm not going to say the exact same thing that I said over. <laughs> uh, we don't have to know that like I messed up the first time. But uh, she is a fun person. She's a comedian of Aww, sorts. That's really nice. Of you I've seen say. her do stage things. There's this thing called Story Experiment that you did where... You tell funny stories, touching stories, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you know how to spin a good yarn, you know how to emotionally play. Oh, that's nice. Like the, whatever, emotional instrument. Um, but at the same time, you do know how to have fun, and you do know what makes a good movie. You, you do know that not every bad movie is not is necessarily not entertaining. Right, right. So White House Down is the movie that we chose to talk about because we both saw it. And from what I heard from you, you you enjoyed it. I totally enjoyed it. Okay, so to recap really quickly, Channing Tatum is a... What is he before? He's like a bodyguard detail for the, for the Speaker of the House, which uh-huh. is not as special as when you are the bodyguard for the President. And it doesn't seem that important either. Yeah, like he... Remember he's talking to the squirrel mm-hmm. in the beginning, like his job is so mundane that he just talks to the animals. That's another thing. He talks to a squirrel in this movie. <laughs> Whereas and, um, if he were the bodyguard for the president, he'd be much more important. He wouldn't have time to just idly chit-chat with vermin. So uh, he's at the point of his life where he can enjoy his talk with a squirrel because he's not protecting anybody that important. And he has a daughter, played by Joey King. Mm-hmm. She's uh, great. Now she was in a movie, uh, an adaptation of the Beverly Cleary, Ramona, mm-hmm. age seven novels. Yeah, Ramona and she, Jesus. Yes, I don't know if you ever read those novels, but she was amazing in yeah, that movie. Yeah, she's so good. I totally agree. Um, and like, she got the attention of like Christopher Nolan because she's in the Batman movies, and Sam oh. Raimi because she plays a little China doll in uh, the new Oz movie. Oh, okay. And uh, she's also in this summer's The Conjuring, a haunted movie. Oh, she is. I can't see that. But you might want to because she's going to be the anchor. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, I am so scared of ghosts, and I can't get through that trailer for The Conjuring. Oh, really? Yeah, it is kind of scary. I can't get through it. <laughs> which does excite me, but when this movie started, it started on her face, and I'm like, no, 
I would have known if she right. was in this movie. And then her name's in the credits. I'm like, this will be the greatest. Yeah, no. She makes, um, she makes really good choices for her career so far. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this movie is really long. Mm-hmm. It's about two and a half hours. But the curves are all, all in the right yeah. places. Like, it explains so much backstory that doesn't need to be explained. But it still pays off towards the end. Now, they so, worked really hard to close every circle. Yes, and then it's much appreciated too. Mm-hmm. So, Channing Tatum is a CS or is a bodyguard that is going to do his test for um, secret servicedom. Yeah, like the president's detail. Mm-hmm. It's like extra secret. And the woman that is interviewing her or him is a woman with vague, like. Yeah, like they see each other, and they're so, like, embarrassed, and there's chemistry, and there's some references to college. And uh, he is seen to her, but when she she meets him and interviews him, she's like, listen, I I know you already, you don't know how to take things seriously, and this is a very important job, and it's the president, and maybe I have old feelings that I haven't reconciled Mm -hmm. about this, and maybe I don't want to be working with you. Um... So that gets all set up, and he takes his daughter because his daughter's really into like politics. Obsessed with the president and politics. And um, they live in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, you have a kid. Is she? Does she get into like? Is she weirdly into any odd things? Um. Y- yes, she's weirdly into Alcatraz. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that means. I mean, it's age appropriate for kids around like nine or ten to sort of like start to understand that there's like stuff bigger than them and to become slightly fascinated with like the morbid like crimes or politics um so it's not she's i mean it's a quirky thing for that character in white house down but it's it makes sense on a sort of so that means that if you ever go on a alcatraz tour that you might have to like get separated from her but she'll be okay because she knows everything about alcatraz and you'll be saving everybody from the bad guys yeah absolutely that's cool that's like money in the bank it's like insurance (laughs) Um, so there is a by the way we're going to be spoiling this movie there is a sinister uh, here's another great thing James Woods is basically he's the bad guy of this movie and James Woods should be the bad guy of every movie okay could I tell you something funny about that I don't know if it's funny but I just watched Casino for the first time oh really and um, and you know James Woods is in that and I don't care for James Woods ever because he's always the bad guy Uh and I and I just think he's bad. And um, and so then he was in this movie, and I totally fell for it in White House Down. Like, I totally was like, oh, he's like the vice president, whatever, he's not the vice president, but he's like the, what is he, the right-hand man to the president? He's the head of the security Head detail. of security, right. So he's like the president, but he's like the president's best friend and everything. And I totally fell for it and was like, wow, this is going to be a movie where James Woods is not the bad guy. That's going to be so interesting. <laughs> See, it was that 90s sense of false security yeah, that they laid on totally. you. Totally. And, and well, what did you think? Like, he was retiring. Mm-hmm. What did you, What do you think that angle was going to be if you were all secure and I safe? I don't know. Your- I just wasn't. I was so wrapped up in, the, in all the pretty lights or something. I just was. Um. Yeah, it did. Oh, I thought it was going to be more about how, you know, how he touches his head and then he has some, like, memory problems. I thought it was gonna, that somehow was going to play a bigger role. He was, was going to, like, memento like, out at some point. This, this was going to be something about, like, really White House Down was going to be about Alzheimer's or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be, like, mail the notebook. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
like instead of a, it being yeah, background like, on our love story, it's the president being held hostage, and, yeah. that, and that will take the male mind and really, you know, or like away from her. Yeah. Where it would. <laughs> I Sarah Polly, yeah. So uh, that gets them all in the White House. <laughs> they're, yeah, all they're all White House central White characters. House. There's an interview. There's a tour. So there's security. There's a party. There's retirement. He doesn't get the job, but uh, he can't bear to tell his his daughter that because because she's already he's already on thin ice with her. Right. Because you know he's a busy guy. She lives with her mom. And, like, he doesn't know all the presidents in order, probably, so that's probably a thorn in her side. Mm-hmm. So, instead, they go on a, a, a White House tour. A White tour. House tour. Because it's totally appropriate when you have the biggest interview of your life to simultaneously bring your kid and schedule, like, a tour day. He didn't even hide that he brought the kid, which was weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was clearly there. It was almost like a sympathy thing. Um, so, they go on the tour, and they meet one of the most charming tour guides mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And it, me, I went my, with my friend Jordy, and he got so nervous that they were going to kill this awesome <laughs> tour guide. Because, and here's the thing, this movie takes a lot from Die Hard, but Die Hard, like, kills people. I don't know, did you see Die Hard? I've seen Die Hard. Die Hard kills people left and right, good guys and bad. Right, you, know, you don't know, you don't know who's safe. Uh-huh, so, I didn't know who was safe in this movie, and luckily he stays for the ride he, for a yeah, long time. Yeah, he's... He's um, mostly very safe. And not to get too ahead of ourselves, but if you, it, when this tour guy got threatened, it means oh, he's going to get punched by a terrorist. He's not gonna, he's right. gonna punch a terrorist. He's not gonna kill right. one, but he's definitely gonna get right. his revenge. I thought he was really charming, but I thought that that was a uh, lucky casting break on his behalf on oh, that yeah. actor. I don't think I, I don't think he was the best oh. actor that could have played that role, but I think he did just fine. Who do you think passed on it? I don't know. Who could who of stature could play that role? Um who okay, you know um from I don't know his name, the kid from um the Declaration of Independence movie with Nicolas Cage. You wanted Justin Bartha yeah, to be a that's tour what guy? I wanted. Interestingly enough, that would have made Jordy hate that right. tour guide. Right. Well, and I think that that was the same. It's the same role. It's it's the same role. I and I I understand why. Perhaps Justin is no longer pursuing those particular he's parts. He's off that sweet supporting hangover money. Yeah, but um, but uh, but it was like that time. I someone with a little more um, spark. Okay. Not sparky enough for you. I didn't think it was spark. I didn't know. Okay. So does that mean that you didn't care if he did die or not? Because oh, no, 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 I liked invested? him. I appreciated his character. I felt like the actor himself um, maybe doesn't have it as much. Okay, you appreciate human life, and that's yeah. a good quality to have. <laughs> um, yeah, I always care if they die. Can we talk about the mom? Yes, we talk Rachel about... Lefer. Do you know no. where she's from? No. She was the red-headed lady in Twilight that was the main bad guy vampire. The one that flies through the trees? She walked, but she oh. looked like she was on a dolly. Oh. And um, she was in the first two movies, was going to have her big acting debut as the main villain in the third movie, but they wouldn't uh, rearrange their schedule, so they <gasps> fired her and cast Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh. And so she's on. She's in Under the Dome, that new CBS oh. miniseries, uh-huh. and, and that premiered the same week as this, so that was a really good movie yeah, for that's her. Yeah, that's a big deal. What did you get from the I mom? I bet her family character? had a barbecue. Oh, yeah? 
to celebrate our big weekend. Oh, that's very nice. That's what, that's oh, you're, very, I, you're very supportive. Yeah, that's what I would have done. I would have been like, oh my god, your show and your movie came out. So the mom. Character. Okay, so I. Sorry, that was me hitting a spoon. Um, here's what I thought was hilarious, um, and just a part of why this movie should be appreciated for its like silliness um, instead of. Um, but anyway, so the. So the girl, so the terrorists have attacked the White House, right? It has exploded, and, like, all of Washington, D.C. is at a standstill. And the nation is, like, I mean, we all remember um, when, like, real scary things have happened in America. What happens to the news? What happens in the nation? And this mom is the kind of mom that has, like, the TV on in the kitchen all the time. (laughs) And what is she doing all day? But I don't know, but she doesn't notice this is happening because she takes the time to text her daughter having fun with dad in the White House? (laughs) I did notice that. I was like, um... And it was like 2, 3 o'clock in in the afternoon by the time she did Mm -hmm. look at her television again. Still in a row, by the way. Yeah. But hey, maybe it's her day off. We don't want to judge her. Yeah, she's hanging out. Um, And then she figures it out. And then... Yeah, I just thought that was fantastic. Mom roll underwritten? Or... Well, how would you react to this? If your kid was out there on a White oh. House tour and the White House and is the White under House lockdown. Exploded. Um, I think that I would have just known about it a lot sooner. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's all. That was all. It was more like a timing problem. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be losing your mind in real life. Okay, so terrorists take over the White House. Mm-hmm. Most hilarious thing is, have you seen Undeclared? The uh, Judd Apatow yeah. show oh, yeah, in yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. The, Jay should have also could have also played the tour guide really well. The uh, yeah, he's too big for that kind of thing I know, these days. I but know. I like it when people go back and mm-hmm. do those small kind of roles. That's what Ben Affleck does these days. Um, also, Ben Affleck would have made a great tour guide, probably. <laughs> totally. Um, Lucian, the nerdy RA from Undeclared, okay. is like the main terrorist guy. Oh, I don't know if you noticed okay. that. Um, and I don't know if you watched Friday Night Lights, but he's also one of the badass uh, wheelchair-bound yeah. people oh, that yeah. teaches I knew him from that. broken... Back guy, had Matt Saranson. No, not Matt Saranson. Matt Saranson is the freshman who takes over. Who mm-hmm. is the guy that breaks his back? I don't know. He's so cute. Because when you watch all, I, when you binge watch these things, like you're so emotionally invested so quickly, and then somebody asks you a question like that, and you're like, I thought I knew this, yeah. and then, <laughs> like, and then you know. feel bad. Friday Night Lights is my life. Um. So. Lucian is one of the terrorists, okay. and it's hard to take this guy. This guy is very versatile. He plays comedy. He plays badassery. And so the terrorists take over, and um, Jamie Foxx uh, is was with his secu- head security detail, and that and then he turn. They, they reveal it very quickly that this guy is the bad guy. This probably really shocked you because very early in the game that they were revealing this. And Channing Tatum veers off. And finds the president and get, acquires him very quickly. So quickly. He's so good at his job. The whole thing is that he should be a bodyguard for the president. Maggie Gyllenhaal totally misjudged him. And he's uh, proven it right away. And time after time yeah. during the movie. Yeah. That's why that excited me during the movie. Because if they already did that, what I thought they were going to do, what else are they going right. to give me? Oh, so much. So many explosions. Um, the other thing about the... the the terrorists are, what are they called if they're terrorists that are from America? Domestic terrorists? Yes, I was like, local? <laughs> I wanted to call them local terrorists. Homegrown terrorists. Yes. Um, uh, so they, we're going to give so much away about this movie, Derek. Well, it's, okay. it, it's, it's so spoiler you, territory. Okay, so you 
they they their first explosion goes off and then it turns out that there's like these terrorists throughout the White House and they've got they just they appear and suddenly they're there and they have so many guns <laughs> and they like walk through the White House so mechanically like clockwork and the White House police are powerless yeah, they just shoot everybody as planned everything is going perfect and they just are like boom 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 like everything like in from one room to the next room to the president to the to the computer room like everything they need but then whenever Channing Tatum is around they cannot hit a target to save their life <laughs> just good. like that's the Nazi slash stormtrooper yeah like whenever yes. any of the good guys are around their bullets are like like just everywhere except at any star in the movie but you know what they do hit I thought it was really funny when they're breaking in one of them shoots a picture of George Washington yeah so there they hate all presidents yeah just are... like so symbolic and they're just gonna start shooting them all in a row that would be yeah. cool if he started in the next James Polk and yeah. then like John he's, Henry he's not Adams. just anti this president he is anti-America mm-hmm. like he yeah he's great that part was really uh, so they acquire the president immediately and the president knows the area and he's no he's no pussy that's the Mm-mm. cool thing about movie presidents right. I, I don't know if, if it's a superhero movie they're pussies but if right. it's like a movie like this they're always like get me in that plane I'm going up there with the aliens get right. me a missile um, and uh, he didn't ha- they, they go into his bedroom at one point and he does the smart thing that like he can't be running around in these dress shoes so he's gonna wear his Jordans right yeah. Which sets up a line that I'm not even sure. Now that I love this movie, uh-huh. I'm not even sure I approve of this line. But one of the terrorists grabs him at one point. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Get your hands off my Jordans!" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he might have said that. Yeah, he was like supposed to be like if Obama was like a little bit cooler. Okay, he would be Jamie Foxx. He was That's what I kind think. Of an Obama yeah, and there was a thing about the gum where he's like, "Do you smoke? I smoke," and he has the nicotine gum. Like That's that was true. clearly an Obama. Um, and also, the tour gets to meet the president, but only Jamie King was like excited about it because he's just. Wa- I don't even know how accurate that is that the president's just walking through rooms that tours are going mm-hmm. into. But she gets to meet the president. The president is more than willing to give her a shout out for her blog, which is really yeah, nice totally. <laughs> he's the nicest president. He has to be so worth saving. Mm-hmm. You have to want him. And, um, but if, I don't know if you could tell, in the background, nobody cared yeah, no. the president there. They were just like, oh, there's a vase from the uh, Eisenhower era mm-hmm. back here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the president, or, or the, the bad guy's goal, you learn that um, they were recruited by, and then one of the bad guys, the tech guy is the guy from Loser. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that Jason Bates yeah, movie, yeah. Loser. Um, he has to hack the firewall. And because they were all recruited from the NSA, these guys are really bad and they have something right. against America. So James Woods cherry picked them for, for their skills and then, you know, they have a vendetta against America. Right. Um, it's a very, like, you, you can, and also James Woods, his son died mm-hmm. and he was deployed, he was in the military and he was deployed on an act that President Jamie Foxx secret mission did yeah um and James Woods is James Woods in public is like oh yes he gave his life for our country but secretly he's making this whole plan to steal it says that it was they were gonna steal a gold reserve or money but the actual plan was like wait take down the president he 
James Woods. Okay, this is how <laughs> it's really confusing. confusing. James Woods' plan was to take the money, but the other guy, the mercenary guys, were under the assumption that they were going to like kill the president or something. Or I think it was reversed. I think the mercenary guys assumed they were going to get the money, uh-huh. and James Woods wanted to like start World War Three. That's true because they wanted missile codes. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Good. Um, so they uh, there's these secret tunnels underneath the White House. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that was funny. That was a, such a funny bad and joke. Yeah, because they're like, oh, Marilyn Monroe was, you know, right. smuggled like, in here. Right. Do they really have these... tunnels from Marilyn Monroe? Got to meet JFK, and they're like, no, those don't exist. And then later, they're like, these are the tunnels. It's like the tunnels <laughs> under, under Disneyland. They totally yeah, exist. Totally. Um, the thing is, at that point, when they get to the tunnels, there's the most 90. Here's the thing so, so much media these days seems like it's from 30 Rock or one of those shows. Like, it's just like a parody of movies. Right. And at that point, he's like, okay, go down this tunnel so you can escape he's like no I'm not leaving you and your daughter he's like Mr. President you have to go and be the president outside (laughs) I will take care of the terrorists in here I have a daughter and then the president stays to I don't I don't know he's such a hero right but that's that's very small thinking for a president it might be we might maybe we should be concerned about that guy as the president and uh I don't know if uh President Bartlett would have made the same decision. He oh, might have made it all the way out. I'm start. I'm just starting that. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you never seen it? No. Whoa! But everything is very tense. The thing about Aaron Sorkin is all things are always very tense oh and it's a gosh. big situation. And it seems to only apply during uh, West Wing because things are actually big. Yeah. But when it's like Studio 60 and like, oh no, somebody sold mm-hmm. this joke. They just happen to be incredibly witty fast talkers. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not It's not as important. Mm. But um, have, have there been many terrorist plots in West Wing? No. We, no? No. Not many. But you really get the feeling for his character and what oh, okay. he might do if there were a terrorist plot. That's cool. I need my presence to be like Bill Pullman <laughs> in okay. Independence Day. Or... Harrison Ford in Air Force, Air Force One. One. Yeah, they're all can, great presidents. If we can all merge those into one. So he, so they escape through the tunnels, and there's these gates. Because there's this great action sequence where they're going to go into the president's car room and escape via car. Mm-hmm. But the terrorists have also taken over the anti-aircraft yeah. guns and mm-hmm. stuff on the roof, so nobody can like attack that way. They've thought of everything, these terrorists. Have you seen Olympus Has Fallen? No. Here's the thing. There's a line in this movie that completely negates the entire plot of Olympus Has Fallen. Because it's probably actual protocol, because they go, well, what do they want, the nuclear codes? And they're like, no, once the president was taken, we change those immediately. And the whole plot of Olympus Has Fallen is that they go into the bunker. uh, There's a South Korean uh, diplomat that's visiting. And then a lockdown happens, and they're like, "Okay, we need to get you into the secret bunker, President Eckhart." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Take our friend with us too." And they're like, "What are you talking about? No, we don't know this person." And they take him in, and then of course they kill all the security, and they oh, lock man. themselves in there, and then they make three people tell them the security because they each have part of the code because right. they want to start World War Three. Yeah. And it's actually the basis of the plot of this movie, but they do it in a more roundabout, Who more are intelligent all these bad way. People that want to start World War Three. I don't know. I guess when you have nothing left to lose, yeah. you just want to scorch the earth. You don't care. But there's this amazing action sequence uh, where, th- where they take the president's uh, bulletproof car and they're driving it down the White House mm-hmm. um, to try to get through this gate. But the thing is, 
The White House is so protected and so strong There's and no so way shielded. They'll get that car through that gate. Yeah, so luckily the rocket launcher that they keep in all presidents' mm-hmm. trunks is in there. Do you think that's true? Do you think of all the creative liberties they took? Do you think the president should always carry a gun? No. No? No. But, like, that's the last line of defense. And shouldn't he, like, just brandish it like a cowboy? Because it's showing people, like, I am ready to defend myself. Well, I I mean, before they even get to the rocket launcher, when they kill some more bad guys, then um, they take off, like, they take all the weapons from him. Mm -hmm. And, like... Channing Tatum. Is it Tatum Channing or Channing Tatum? I, you seriously don't know I his seriously name? Continu- Channing Tatum. I continually say it wrong. Um, don't, I don't know like I seriously don't know his name. Um, <laughs> I just, I know all it's the just parts. A cute thing I, I do. just know all the parts. I just don't know the order they should go in. When he takes off the bulletproof vest of like one of the dead terrorists, and I mm. thought that, and he puts it on himself, and I was like, shouldn't you maybe. Maybe shouldn't the president also have what? Like, oh my like god, that? I never and even he, thought yeah, of that. Yeah, he doesn't do that. But the president's so true and he just heroic. Stays he's in his like, white you know what? You're the one protecting me. You need to be the one that's alive. I didn't even get that. That's so stupid. That's so dumb. But and they probably could have found a lot more bulletproof vests. Probably they kill a lot of people. And there's also a total diehard scene when he's on the roof, and there, there's these rockets. They they have these heat-seeking rockets. Mm-hmm. That they're shooting at the helicopter. And I forget who's on the helicopter, but, like, Channing Tatum's fighting them. And then, like, like, that is totally from Die Hard. But it's good because, you know what? Die Hard was a great... It's it's like an homage. Yeah. I like homages. Like, uh, I don't know if you've seen ads for R.I.P.D. Yeah, 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 yeah. That ghost cop movie. It looks like Ghostbusters and Men in Black, and it could be a future bomb, but they aren't making Men in Black, so go ahead and rip that off. Um... So, they get captured several times. Several times. And the terrorists learn, oh, Joey King manages to blog what's going on. Yeah, oh yeah. I forgot the most important part of this movie. um, And she's, like, getting the terrorist faces and stuff and uploading it to Twitter. And, like, it's a live feed going on and, like, CNN is carrying it. But the thing is... And they say her name. They say her name, but then the terrorists don't put that together until, like, way, way longer. It takes like, them a while. They know it's her, but they didn't figure out that she's related to their the bodyguard. Here's the thing. Um, I read this book about Columbine, mm-hmm. and if there are hostages in a place and the news people are talking to people inside or getting images from inside, it's incredibly dangerous yeah, to you don't, they blow up just, those people's spot. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, they would never do that. Rating the media. Yeah. Oh, it's so ugly. Oh, what a great comment on the media, Roland Emmerich. I don't know if you remember other Roland Emmerich movies. Do you, uh, do you remember The Day After Tomorrow? Uh-huh. Um, that was, like, an indictment on the Bush treatment mm-hmm. of, like, the of the, the environment and stuff. Like, but it's told with CGI werewolves and Jake Gyllenhaal. This was, like, maybe media and right. their attack on Barack Obama and Barack He's not Obama. just making muscle movies. He has opinions about our country. He made that movie, you probably never heard of it, I didn't get to see it. It was a movie that suggested that Shakespeare didn't write the plays that he wrote and it's not an action movie at all. I do know that movie. I don't know what it's called, but I do know that that movie was made. It was like Shakespeare question mark, huh? Right, right. Like <laughs> um, Shakespeare, huh? So yeah. when the terrorists learn of Jamie King, they have their collateral 
and now Channing Tatum, now Channing Tatum super has to save yeah. his daughter. Yeah. He had to save his daughter before, but now he has to super do yeah. it. Yeah, she's really in trouble now. And um, there's this great line. That one of the uh, hostages is like a Bill O'Reilly or Rush Limbaugh type mm-hmm. of CNN mm-hmm. guy, and he finally stands up for himself at one point and gets killed, and Jamie yeah. L- King has probably the best line in Joey the movie. King. Oh, Jamie King is another actress. Joey she's King. She's not in the movie. Uh, Joey King says, you're going to jail for that. She screams yeah, at the terror. Yeah, going yeah. To, which is adorable. Right. Um, man, she should be like, like a superheroine of some sort. Yeah. She, has, she just has did, justice did, on her mind. They did have a little trouble figuring out how old like old she was a couple times. Like She screamed that out, like, you're going to jail, and like you're a bad man. But then she also has the wherewithal to like sneak around the White House, film all the terrorists, Upload it to her blog. Well, kids just you know? <laughs> have that in their DNA these maybe. days. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe I don't know about kids. If I was her age and terrorists took over the White House, if like, if like I had to set a VCR to save us, then I could right. probably do it because you know it's just something that I could do. Um, so there's a very bl- bloody fight. I'm trying to remember the end of this movie. It's been a couple weeks, but um. The president gets into it, like he actually gets shot and stuff, mm-hmm. and he's saved by like a Lincoln souvenir thing. Yeah, just a stopwatch. And um, mm-hmm. trying to remember that the end for James, James Woods. Um, does James Woods he, get like blown away by a big gun or something? It yeah, seems like I that think happens. that one of them is going to kill the other one. And right, right like, before he dies, I mean, right before he does it, James Woods like collapses, and either the president is behind. One of them saves the other one. And now I'm remembering Channing Tatum gets one of the cars that has a big gun on it and like mm-hmm. drives through mm-hmm. the White House while oh, eviscerating yeah, 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 yeah. and riddling his body. Because <laughs> he has um, the nuclear codes to, to send to whatever sovereign nation that we wanted to destroy. But it's one of the most weirdest countdown sequences. It's press, it's press a button if you want this to start. Right. And usually it's press a button if you want this to stop. So mm-hmm. if all they had to do was just let that thing keep yeah. going and it wouldn't it wouldn't go, and that was the drama of it. That's Roland Emmerich throwing, throwing us a bit of a curveball. <laughs> um, but things are not, like, over when James Woods is dead. And I don't know if you were getting not. this. Because of course I, not. No, there's a, point, there's a final twist, for sure. At one point, uh, the vice president says, look president's dead you need to give me supreme powers and then they end up blowing up air force one because there's a terrorist on that plane and uh it was all a plan to get the speaker of the house yeah this whole movie is really a plot Mm -hmm. designed by the speaker of the house in cahoots with james woods Mm -hmm. and he would that his thing would he get we get to be president and james woods would get to kill the president and Start and a then, war. Yeah, and then his oh, terrorists would get the money. The real okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's so unprofessional. The real thing was that they had stock in weapons companies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they wanted to start a war to keep, you know, because he was going to like stop right. wars. This was I a can't war stopping president. Are critical of this movie. And this guy's wanted to keep with the wars. Very right. simple, but those tend to be the deadliest plots. Yeah, I saw a guy when I was coming when I was going in to White House down. There was like the uh, there was a group coming out and going down. You know, in the arc light when you go up the stairs and there's like this group coming down. And this one guy was like, "Oh yeah, I saw White House down. It was probably the worst movie I've ever seen." And I knew at that moment it was going to be awesome. 
I just knew. But was it the worst? No, it wasn't at all the worst. There are... It's absolutely I, entertaining. I heard that a lot, too, and you... I don't think I could be friends with those type of people, Mm-mm. because that is just like, I'm so much better than this movie. They, It was silly. The president would never wear Jordans. Or stuff like that. Yeah. It's just, that's what movies are for. They're yeah. to be fun. And if a movie keeps the tone of being, like, super silly, and it's... Yeah. It, it, this movie knew what it was. It totally knew what it was. I don't think the people that cut the trailers understood what it was. Yeah. they tried to make it, like, a really dark... Dark... Like, lack of a better word, important movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so just, like... There's, like, a quote from Lincoln, and it's going in and out. <laughs> this quote that's, like, if the nation falls... Na, 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 na. And then it it's like shows the White House exploding and people screaming. It's a little 9-11-ish. Yeah. And then you people see don't the movie. Yeah, anymore. no. And then you see the movie and it's like totally silly. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, um, I'm trying to grab my train of thought again. Give me a second. Um, oh, the later trailers kind of figured out what it was. Right. And had them bumbling and dropping rocket the launchers. Rock, you dropped the lo- rocket launcher? Yeah. yeah. They were great. This movie was perfectly cast to me. Huh? I like Maggie Gyllenhaal. I know a lot of people don't like well, to I see like her, her in these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. But Channing Tatum, perfect. Jamie Foxx, he knew what mm-hmm. he was doing. James Woods, best bad guy in the world. Jamie King, best lady in the world. Joey. I'm sorry. Joey King. Don't to apologize to me. I know. She's going to listen to this. She's really <laughs> mad at me. She's so young. She won't understand. It's so embarrassing. Um... Perfectly cast. Perfectly edited. I know it's long, but it's like long in all the right places. It didn't seem too long to me. I know. You it were totally like, with it the totally whole time. I was totally in it. I just wanted to know if the president was going to survive and he was going to get his daughter back. Um, the only thing that they kind of wrap it up at the end by uh, the president's going to leave on his helicopter mm-hmm. and uh, R- Richard Jenkins, who plays the secretary or the speaker of the house that gets the presidency after birth like oh you're alive thank god yeah, whoa. and Channing Tatum's like not from what I heard I have like secret messages that <laughs> said that you and it became like a Hardy Boys like ending right. at the yeah. end and there was no Foils like foils the plot for yeah, sure there was no well, let's blow up him mm-hmm. he just gets arrested he's like yeah. who are they gonna believe you or me yes and um here's the best thing the uh the uh the last ditch effort was gonna be that if the uh nuclear countdown was going to happen we're just going to blow up the White House before that happens right and um Jamie King Joey King sorry I guess a thing um very much like Nicolas Cage in The Rock very brave girl yeah oh yeah and in the the beginning she's mad at her dad because he didn't show up to her flag routine I don't know if you caught this oh I caught it oh I caught it and she grabs the flag (laughs) and gets on the White House lawn and is like signaling like there are children here don't blow it up and the uh, guy disobeys his orders mm-hmm. the pilot. It's like, I'm not blowing this up. Yeah. This is too adorable. It. And she's yeah. way too good at the flags for me to be blowing up this right, right. He's like, they're civilians. I can't do it. So she saves the White House. And all the cameras are on her. And it's just very heroic, Bruckheimer-esque totally, flag totally. waving. It's so good. It's, so she saves the world. It was the payoff to I end like, all it was, I'm t- all, all They really worked hard to cl- like, close all circles. So they arrest Richard Jenkins. And uh, he's like, I'm not leaving without my security detail. Mm-hmm. And not giving him a moment's rest, Channing no, Tatum no. Imme- immediately gets on the plane with him. And he should have said this line, but he kind of implied it. He tells the, his daughter to come with him. Mm-hmm. I want my security detail. Right, and she right. gets like a little badge and stuff. Right. And then they, the, the tour guide who 
we ignored mostly through this movie, but he was like keeping keeping it together for the rest of the people, and uh, he gets to punch a terrorist at the end. He and the mom, Joey King's mom, like right. have a moment. Right. They're like, hey, if you want to tour yeah. sometime. Yeah. So they're rom-com spin-off. It's all yeah. It, it all wraps up yeah. together. They're all gonna be happy. In the beginning of the movie, they like set up this weird like he like he like when he's riding in his helicopter, he likes to ride by the Lincoln Memorial and recite this thing. And they call it the thing. The thing. And it's annoying. Like, oh, the president wants to do the thing again. Wants but to do the thing. At the end, and they're, they're like so humming, hummingbird. They're so happy to have the president there that they're like, guys, we're gonna do the thing. We're and gonna it, do the thing. And then Joey can get to see the thing. Yeah. And everybody's happy. Everybody's so happy. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. What I don't know if you rate or have any thumbs up or have any sort of judging system. I don't have a system. I what would, would just you say. What would you say about this movie? I would just say it's a really good time. Mm-hmm. If you would, if you, it's there are movies that are. It's not even a bad. I want to say there that our movies are so bad they're good. Mm-hmm. But this is not like it's this not. This movie's so bad. It's not good. It's, it's fun. Good, it's then so, bad again, and then comes yeah. back around to good. You just can't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And then it's good. But then I take it. I, I think I took it yeah. super seriously. <laughs> super really. seriously. Um, I gave this three out of five. Uh-huh. So I would say... Yeah, that make, that's that works for me. All right, cool. So five Channing Tatums mm-hmm. out of... No, three Channing Tatums out of five possible right. presidents. Right. <laughs> Just going to mix it up. Um, Did you pre-order the Blu-ray? I don't know if you do this too much, but I don't buy too many Blu-rays these days. Because there's like a lot of... There's Netflix, and there's like streaming, and then there's other less legal ways of getting mm-hmm, things as mm-hmm. well. Um, even like Django Unchained was one of my favorite movies yeah. of the year last year and I I don't have that. You know, I'll get it mm-hmm. when I get it but when I was a super nerdy teenager I was constantly like getting Criterions and like mm-hmm. so maybe I'm just getting older. I don't know. I don't want to hoard that much. I want to strip away from my life like George Clooney and Up in the Air. I get it. So I sure. can be nerdy again and reference something else. Sure. <laughs> um... So you posted recently on Facebook a uh, this is very interesting a um, was it a blog or an article? It's an article. Um, I actually brought it about um, it's it was about what what do, you, what do you call them? It's manic pixie. Oh, there it is, manic pixie dream girls. I think this phenomenon started, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. The movie, with the movie Garden State. Oh, I was absolutely going to say Garden State. Um, did Garden State outcome? Did Garden State come out before Eternal Sunshine? Um, no, Eternal Sunshine came out just a few months before. Okay, I would say that they're neck and neck as okay. far as the invention of that character. Because but I would say that Garden State left a more lasting impression. Mm-hmm. Now, what? Because it's more real. It's trying to be like more real world. Mm-hmm. Now, Clementine from Eternal Sunshine. Mm-hmm. What was? Describe her a little bit. Well, she she has the colored hair mm-hmm. and so she zany. Do, yeah, she so does, adorable. She does she does really wild things. And there's even a line when um, Jim Carrey's character goes to find her at a bookstore, mm-hmm. and she's like, "No, I, you're gonna you're gonna be just another guy that wants me to save your life, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna be that girl." And then in Garden State, it's the so she's just so quirky. But she, I think in Garden State, she really wants to save him. And the way he yeah, wrote it um, is that she was like, uh, I have my own problems going on, but I just need to be near this guy. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he's just so interesting and he's right. from Hollywood. I think she kind of wants him to save her a little bit. But when that came out, I was uh, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And I, it was one of the first movies I saw at Arclight. 
uh-huh. I, I like took the train from Pasadena is where I lived back then and it, it was such I was like oh like, <laughs> like this is eye-opening and I was hearing music Never heard before. <laughs> and Amoeba music is right next to yeah. it. Like, oh, yeah. Marched right in there, and I'm like, it's like You're the like, place. Do you have the shins? <laughs> them, right? It's like the play school starter set for people that want to get into music. Totally. In I definitely bought that soundtrack. Yeah, I bought it twice because it got stuck in oh, one of my cars. Man. You had to have it again. Um, and at the time, I was just so blown away by it, and I'm like, well, I don't I, I, I wish you can keep your feelings in a jar mm-hmm. and put them on a shelf so that you're like, what was I thinking? What that was could, that? You that just made feel you it again? It. Yeah. Sounds like some sort of Harry Potter contraption. Right. Also, I think it says something that it was a movie written by like people in their late 20s mm-hmm. and you were 17 and you loved it. I don't think that that means the movie was universal. I think that... I was looking up to them? Yeah, but also that like... If 17-year-olds are... They shouldn't be your goal demographic if you're trying to write like a coming-of-age story about being 28. Right, twenty-eight-year-olds should be the people that like love that movie, mm-hmm. but and I can, think much younger people. But you like, can tell Whoa! them whatever you want, and right? Believe it because they don't know what's going. Totally. On. Um, and there's like for me, there was the, I liked that movie a lot when it first mm-hmm. came out, and um, like I have had I had like a very tumultuous life from age like twenty-one and on. So I, so, and there's that one. So when I saw it, um, it was in the middle of all of that, and there's a part where. <laughs> Towards the end, where like Zach Braff goes out, goes to see his dad in the bed, you know, and he's like, "What's this happy time you remember? We just have to be satisfied with like things being okay." Whatever. And I remember. Dad says that. No, Zach Braff says it okay. to the dad. Where he's like, "I just want things to be how they used to be," and he's like, "What is this used to be?" And then uh, I remember just being like, "Yeah, we just have to be okay with things being okay." Like, Do you not feel that anymore? Um, I just don't feel like anything of, of that movie. I'm, like, it's completely void to you now. No, it's not completely void. It's just a lot sillier than mm-hmm. I took it really seriously when it came out. Me too. And um, I remember being at like a party a couple of years ago, and it was with people I didn't know. It was like a small like, dinner mm-hmm. party, and uh, there was this. And we were getting along, which is yeah. which is the whole point of this. And right. We're starting to like each other, and she's yeah. like. Do you like the movie Garden? There's this girl there, mm-hmm. it, it's some uh, uh, a girlfriend of one of my friend's mm-hmm. friends, and she was like, "Do you like the movie Garden State?" And I'm like, "When I was fucking 12," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like kind of drunk by it, and yeah. I immediately felt horrible. She's like, she was like, "Oh, oh okay," and she probably yeah, maybe loved it. I know when I said something horrible. Yeah, but that's me. If you ever get to know me any longer, I'll have to remember this, that to not bring that up it, that movie. That occasionally I will drop emotional bombs. Yeah, I should you. watch it again. I kind of feel like we should watch it again, and then we'll talk with about like running it. commentary because I have not seen it since I was twenty three, maybe, mm-hmm. and like I think it might be very interesting. Have you to seen see it? it again? Because in my memory, I'm like I have, I have I have memories of like I remember thinking it was so funny and clever the way that it. The, you know, the different funny scenes. Mm-hmm. And I think also, too, it has to do with, like, learning. The more you learn about screenwriting and the more you learn about storytelling and the more about the business, the less appealing that movie becomes. Yeah. So if those are things that don't matter to you, mm-hmm. it still can be a really, maybe it can be a really pleasant movie. That's a good point because... But living uh, in L.A. and being in the writing industry... That's, and, a, that's a good point because, like, when you're... When I was a teenager, I really got into Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a bunch of, like, movies that were made, you know, 
basically homemade movies and you know you love them and you're like oh I can do this too but then later in your life you kind of look at it after you've been like hit with a bunch of structure and right. like you've been starting to break down movies that it's not conventional right. or like it does things that and here's and they start people doing these things like they, they influence other screenwriters and it becomes things that that's, that uh, readers don't like and so you're looking at it like it's breaking all the rules but and then, do you do you find that if you watch those kinds of movies, that you end up liking them less, or do you kind of still like the charm of I, that's what, what it I'm, was? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I think we should watch Garden State again, so I could I could, I could yeah. see how I feel about it now. But um, I also remember it. Like I think now, if I saw it, I would probably feel like it was like a college, um, a really good college try, like a coming of age. Oh, like, indie like, film, you know, and like a spec script. Like we've all, yeah, like we've all. I think that they always say, like at the beginning, you know, in writing classes, they're like everybody's first script is always some kind of coming of age. Don't write those, like those autobiographical things. Well, you need to get it out of your system, right? And everybody does those, and like, and part of that is all the funny scenes you thought of in your life, and you. Mm-hmm put them into, you know, and you're like, and then I'll make this clever scenario so that I can do that scene where I wear the shirt that matches the wallpaper. <laughs> that would be so funny. Um, um, but really, it doesn't drive the story about anything. Not to veer too much <clears throat> off of the <throat> no, article. we can go back to the article. Um, really quickly, Elizabethtown? Mm-hmm. I did not movie. see that. Here's the thing. Zach Braff out Cameron Crowed Crow, which is seems impossible, but he did it, and that movie is actually... For better or worse, a better movie than Elizabethtown. Same plot. Really? Um, yeah, it's about a guy that's really successful in LA, and his father dies, and he has to go back to Elizabethtown, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and a young stewardess that he meets on the plane Kirsten is like, Dunst. "You need to learn how to celebrate your life." And blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing. But uh, when I was uh, a kid, when I was. It, it, was the, it came out the summer that I graduated high school. And all the girls, a lot of girls I knew, not all the girls, uh, were like, that character is so like me. Yeah. The Natalie yeah. Portman character. Uh-huh. Which is hilarious because they were nothing like those girls. Right. Everybody wanted to be her. They wanted to be the spunky, charming girl that everybody liked to hang right. out which with. Which is the point of this article. Uh-huh. Which is that these movies create these female characters mm-hmm. that, that many, many girls relate to mm-hmm. and then think they have to be but they like completely forget the part where that's not human because mm-hmm. what I'm getting from it is like oh these are the kinds of girls that will oh these these girls will accept me mm-hmm. and these girls will get over the awkward stage of us meeting and then just just love me and be there for me all the time and they'll be entertaining to us because they'll be constantly like singing Right, they're and, kind of silly. Yeah, um, not that I ever believed a girl like that. Except there's, a, have you seen Say Anything? Oh yeah. Now um, Lloyd Dobler, and I don't know why I'm forgetting the name of the girl. Penny Lane. No, no, no. Say no. Anything. The the John. Cusack oh, sorry, one. sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, um, Diane Court. Yeah. They're two great characters. It's not exactly the same thing. Like, he likes, kind of likes her for her, and she's kind of who she is mm-hmm. on her own. And I once heard somebody say, you saw, you've seen this movie? Mm-hmm. I swear to God I have. Um, Even though say I that, uh, anyway. D- Diane Court doesn't exist, and Lori Dobler doesn't exist. Right. And my attitude towards that was like, but we have to strive to be those right, people. Right. Because they weren't, 
they weren't negative characters. Those other characters that we were talking about here, like, mm-hmm. could, could be written, like, as an enticing mm-hmm. dream. But those are just, you know, good chaps. Right. And that we should all strive to be good people. Um, but these characters here, um, and I, I never thought of the things that this article brings up. I've only just been attracted to these right, girls. Right, right. Um, and I've maybe known some of these uh-huh, girls. Sure. Um, so the the line that you uh, posted it with like to kind of highlight the article before you click on it was we are not some unsolvable mystery for right. you to like unravel like that really like I'm still chewing on that like what what does that mean exactly what would you what would you, how would you interpret that um I th- I think that... Because everybody's kind of complicated in their own right. way. But it doesn't mean... And maybe I'm maybe I'm working this through. It doesn't right. mean that you have... That there's some end result to me that you have to get to. Right. And that everything will be okay after that. Right. Is that kind of it? That's a lot of it. And I think um, it's, it's part of it is also about the sort of like idolization of girls in their 20s. And any sort of idea... There are really wonderful girls in their 20s, but it's not the ideal age of our life. We have, like, 40 to maybe 50 more years of living right. to have. So there, are, there are other, we still have so much, like, growing and developing that's going to happen. Betrayals? And these portrayals seem to just sort of capture this magical, mm-hmm. this, that this is the magical time. But is it necessarily, like, negative, like, we better get all of it done now because I'm going to... Like that Indiana Jones character, I'm just gonna start shriveling up. When no, I turn it's the 30. opposite. It's the opposite. It's that life mm-hmm. is only we're only going to become more interesting, mm-hmm. and and I think I'm, I get frustrated if I can't be eloquent, which is why I write, not That's usually cool. talk. But yeah, we're working through um, it. We're working through it with our voices. Yeah. Testing, testing. Okay, sounds much better. Sounds like we're in an island. Yeah. We've moved. We've moved in the Republic of Pi to some sort of fancy tropical bar that has a quiet, quieter ambiance. Um, so we were talking about uh, we, we sort of sidetracked and got into a Garden State tangent, but I think that like I it is the nexus of right. this <laughs> manic pixie dream girl, right? Um, so we read this article by Lori Penny, um, who writes for the New Statesman, and it's she she's writing about. Um, the sort of creation within movies and books of like really quirky girls that um, inspire and save dorky, boring men, <laughs> and how it's a really misconstrued. And by the definition of that manic pixie dream girl, like I'm starting to realize, like, am I? I know I'm dorky, but am I boring? Do I, do I need to be saved? Like, like what? Like how much? Here's the thing. Here's a. Here's I don't know if you know this, but here's a huge part of that. It's that these kind of girls make their their own moves, and so it takes alleviates right. a lot of pressure right. off of the okay. regular conventions of guys. So on paper, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to mm-hmm. make the first move? I'm down. Totally. So I think that is not a not a keystone, but one of the first right. steps into the creation of such such a character. Right. Well, and she also she says there's a sentence here where she says. Um, these girls pop up everywhere these days in films and comics and novels and television. Fascinating, lonely geek dudes with her magical joie de vivre and boring the hell out of anybody who likes the women to exist in all four dimensions. And I think that that's where she's trying to touch on the fact that the, the idea of these girls dominates um, 
the reality. And so when these, like, when quirky, excitable, cute girls, they have really boring days and they have really bad days mm-hmm. and they might have really dysfunctional pasts. And you have to be able to accept all of them mm-hmm. as people. And the other thing is... Because once that, things start slowing down, you think they might be, like, criticized or, right, like, taken right. a task for that. And okay, so, like, the best way I can talk about how this how like it sort this how i related to this mm-hmm. is with a story okay is that okay <laughs> that's what you do that's, that's pretty like cool. all i mean it's but it's like the only way i know how to like talk about this and it's a little bit that i think that everybody i know that's relating to this article relates to it because they have at one time um understood the pressure to be a manic pixie dream girl it has to do mm-hmm. with being like not quite gorgeous and not quite cool um, and learning that there's like a quirky charm, and it, you know, and um, do you think that like men are attractive to a sort of more attainable sort of status, like, oh, she's not that intimidating? Yeah, I can probably... right. So right, and I think that's also is that quirky girls are not intimidating, and that's what this writer is also talking about is mm-hmm. that, um, and and the operative word too is that we are both using the word girl. Mm-hmm. In what we're, when we're talking, we're not talking about women, right? And there's a really big difference in the you know there's a lot of girl stuff um, going on. You know, there's shows that have the word girl in them still. We still refer to like adult women as girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so okay, so for me, so I um, did this thing where I took like a couple years off of dating at all, like totally um, locked down and. Um, and it was really, really great. And then I came... I'm trying to make this story fast. Um, when you I came, go ahead and laugh. Make came, it unfold. And when I came back to dating, um, I was very much a different person, but I still really slipped into that, um, into the role of, like, I would go on dates, and it took me, like, a number of dates to come home and have the realization that just because the date was fun, it didn't mean that he was fun. Like, I might have made the whole date. Oh, I really? might have been funny. And, and that you were just entertained right. by yourself. Right. Like, but, I did a good right. job. Right, like, I would get back and be like, man, we laughed a lot. And then uh-huh. it would be like, I had to really think about, like, oh, I think I, I, think I made all the jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which sounds maybe super conceited. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, anyway, so, there was, so that was one part of it. And so mm-hmm. I started to pay attention on dates if I if what was really going on and then um the other thing is that I just remember having this like really huge shift in realization that when I realized that these guys I was going on dates with like through the internet and through friend blind dates and stuff that um it wasn't about me qualifying for them it should it was the other way around like I should be seeing if I want to date them right. not just trying to like audition mm-hmm. at all times to be the coolest girl right is that still a part of it though like it's it's important to like keep all of that like you want to be you want to seem interesting totally. but at the same time it can't be the whole thing right exactly yeah I think it's, it's about balance so so that shifted it and then like the last the last guy I dated somebody um it's been year it's been few years now but like I'll never forget the relationship because um it wasn't very long but it was one of the most fun relationships I've ever had mm-hmm. and we did so many fun things and I was the best funnest quirkiest cutest girlfriend ever mm-hmm. and I did it and it was so fun and then it was like 90 days it happened or something and like 
couldn't maintain it. Like I was so tired. Like I couldn't. You're exhausted. I've been yeah. exhausted. I, I was dating exhausted too. being. I made the mistake of saying it once. Like, <laughs> I was like, this, this is really tired. This is exhausted. I said this is exhausted. Like that movie yeah. is not that I was mimicking that or anything. Um, um, and to me, that to me, the, a lot of the things that Laurie Penny is talking about in this article really like captured that feeling of like I couldn't just be real with this guy because at all times I had to be on. And um, and in real life, you know, like my, I have a daughter. I'm a single mom. Um, I work really hard, and uh, mostly my life is really mundane, especially to guys in their twenties. And but I had been like putting on this whole show um, to prove that. I wasn't like that, and, and was so, he trying to prove anything to you? Like, what were you getting from his end? Um, he 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 was really into me. <laughs> you know I mean, I don't know. He was like really, he was really into it. Is that the young? Is that the way a young girl views a relationship? Like, well, he's really into me, and I'm very, in, and I'm doing the best I can. That's enough for me right now. Maybe, maybe that does have something to do with that. And that's like. I mean, that's, like, my own battle is, like, learning how to, um... So did you end up... You ended up breaking up? Yeah, I ended it with him, and, mm-hmm. um... What was his reaction to this? Did he know he was, something was wrong, or no, did you tell him su- why? Did no, you elaborate he was, like, this? super shocked, and... Um, and part of it was because, like, I was, like... He didn't, he didn't want to be with a girl with a kid, or with uh-huh. a woman that had a child, and, um, he wanted to be able to travel and have a life that was, um incredibly spontaneous okay. and I knew that I couldn't mm-hmm. do that and um, so yeah I mean it was that was it was so that's an example of yeah I don't know if that's like not a really being the best character story. to put on no yeah that's... but it was it was like so you're we saying can all, but we but I just think there's a lot of pressure coming from every direction to be mm-hmm. that girl and I, I sort of perfected it once mm-hmm. and just and it crashed and burned yeah that's very interesting to hear um, the thing that made the thing that that made me relate to it to the most is that I hate it when people that aren't that person tell the other one if they're wrong or not. Like um, there's this Twitter Shelby Farrow, and she's like 19 years old, and she has like 800,000 Twitter followers, and so she may say some, she, you know, she's very young. When you're young, you just have a lot of opinions, and she saw the movie. This is the end. Uh-huh. And she said, I loved it, but uh, it reminded me that Hollywood wouldn't allow this kind of thing for women. Like, I know bridesmaids, but there's just, this is, it's, you know, a male-dominated world and blah, blah, blah. And people were like, no, 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 no. And, they were, and it was all men. And so I, when I read an article like this, I don't know, I'm not a woman. I, I, I. And I think it. I think it's that simple for men to understand. Like you're not a woman, you you do not have you don't have the fundamentals to understand this. So maybe you should just accept a little bit of it as you're trying to understand right. it. Um, maybe trust us. Yeah, and as fun as these girls sound, and as fun as it is to date them, if if you're like killing a person inside, like the uh, an editor once told me about Las Vegas, mm-hmm. you have to consider, the thing about Vegas is, the amount of fun you're having is directly proportional to how much f- misery is being made to create that fun. Ooh! <laughs> That's so terrible! <laughs> Especially in Vegas, if you think about, you know, all the people yeah. serving you and 
all that kind of thing. That is so terrible. So I've applied that to everything in life. Restaurants and anytime you deal with anybody. So I guess I have that going with me too when I'm reading an article like this. Yeah, I think it's true. And I I think I wish I could I wish I could talk about it in like more universal mm-hmm. terms. Um, and for some reason I, I feel very stuck on a sort of like egocentric mm-hmm. perspective about this article. Um, but and and other than just I mean when reading it was the kind and I think all the girls I know that are the women I know that are also like forwarding it around on Facebook and um, the interwebs uh, they're, they're relating to it and um, the other thing is that like over the past year I have there's a sentence in here where she says it's a lot easier to be a girl than to be a person or it's a lot easier to be a, a girl than to be a grown up mm-hmm. and like um, and for me that has totally been my experience Uh and interesting in LA to have gone from like the writing world and the storytelling world and having a Twitter and having a, you know, websites and a blog and all this stuff to sort of giving all of that up for graduate school and a different mm-hmm. kind of career. And I'm so, so happy. Um, but it's interesting to be around, you know, like you just forget how much in LA we all have to like sound, you know, sort of like sound busy, sound relevant. Mm-hmm. And people are like, what's going on with weird. you? It is weird. I was at a 4th of July party the other day and I dreaded telling people what it, I just, I just work in posts, you know, <laughs> it doesn't sound very interesting. <laughs> oh, you know, and I'm not really doing anything mm-hmm. except school, you know, I'm studying. Um, I, I had no idea that this kind of thing existed and that it was a thing that I was a, would you say that it's a male construct? This, yes, yes. But something that you bought into. But would you say that there, that this is positive any in any way? That maybe Zach Braff is trying to create a celebration of women and just kind of created the perfect girl that a lot of people felt nope. the pressure to do. Nope. No, nope. So, as a male writer, mm-hmm. what should I do to better write a well, more well-rounded woman? Because I'm always very wary of that kind of thing. I don't like the damsel in distress kind of thing. I don't like the I'm attracted to you for no reason thing. Right. Oh, my gosh. I like to keep it kind of even. If one's quirky, the other's kind of... I like to keep Mm -hmm. them sort of complement each other. What can I do to write a well? And I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I did write a spec script once that I gave to a gay man. Uh And and he said that that my teenage girl voice... Was, that's awesome. was was good. Um, so I don't know. That's some sort of accomplishment. Oh. But um, writing a teenage girl on a woman is a right. lot different. But what would you give it as advice to all the male writers out there? Oh my gosh, that's such an unfair question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would just I would just like, like encourage everybody to explore what's real mm-hmm. instead of what you want to be real. That's true. So they should just do their due diligence then. Yeah. I also know a friend that... If you know, I mean... If you don't... I mean, it just it really has to do with just human experience. And, mm-hmm. the, and um, write about what you know and who you know. And, right. Um, it's, I mean, not that you have to have every experience to be able to write about it well. And don't be bitter. Um, but I, yeah, don't be bitter. I, I find that very... I mean, and it's hard not to be her. sometimes. Because yeah. we've all been hurt out there, but it's very important yeah. not to have a weird, skewed version of yeah. people a, that aren't you. I just read a script by a guy, um, and I'm pretty sure I can say without meeting him that he has never been in a relationship. Oh, yeah. And um, you don't have to have been in a relationship to write relationship dialogues. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I highly recommend you get in touch with humanity <laughs> before you yeah. do it, you know? I haven't been in too many relationships, and they haven't gone as long as other people's relationships, but I do, I have... I, I think my my gift and my curse is that I'm just so aware of like everything, like my faults or my strengths, and I'm constantly like I, I want to make sure everything sounds as real as I can, but I know that I don't have experience in everything. So a long conversation about what ice cream parlor to go to is not something that <laughs> a relationship would be talking about all the time. All the time. Okay. So, um, do you want me to tell you how to write? <laughs> yeah, maybe you should tell me how to write. Um, all right, this has been a good talk. Okay. Good. Um, Thanks, Derek, for having me. And thank you, Eve Sturgis. So, all the Twitters and blogs are gone. You don't want people to see what you're up to. I have a blog called um, Paper Cuts and Hummingbirds. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to go see some of my old some of my old writing, I haven't put up anything fresh in a little while. Okay. But my Twitter's gone. Um pursuing a career in which you can't I can't have people find my jokes on Twitter um that sucks yeah it, yeah it does a little bit because you can heal through comedy right <laughs> I just have to make different kinds of jokes maybe mm -hmm. um I don't know we'll see we'll see what happens with my visit what? your practice when you become a therapist yeah we'll have, we'll if, just, you, if you enjoyed her right. insight and you want her to fix you <laughs> oh my god you're the, your, your, your profession is going to be fix, not just men, but fixing people as a whole. That's more, that's at least more well-rounded. Right, I decided I wanted to focus on real people. Okay. We'll Good see, on you. We'll see what happens with, like, who I've been as a writer and, and a, in L.A. Well, I think you're great, and I think you'll do well in whatever you choose to do. You've done well here. You've slam-dunked it, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and you'll slam-dunk many more things to come because it doesn't end here as you as a young woman right. you have a long right. life ahead it. of you I've got so much more coming because that's uh, I don't know if you've seen the before sunrise trilogy I haven't I haven't finished it okay but the first two are about like like first one's about being young second mm -hmm. one's about like oh I'm not young anymore life is over right and then you realize it's about the death of youth not exactly right. the death right. of life but the, the thing that before, before midnight the new mm -hmm. one does the best it's like Life is very long, mm -hmm. and the people that you choose to be with, you're going to be with them for a very long time, and there's no youth. There's just, right. you know, life, and right. so I think it did a good job of doing that, and we all look forward to seeing the woman that you become, <laughs> uh, and uh, who you will, what you will do in this world, and the, your, oh. your whole experience. Hopefully somebody's writing this down, the Eve Sturgis story, right. yeah, end um, to end. That would be so great um i you know when you hear your voice on an answering machine for the first time mm -hmm. <laughs> that's how i feel like this is gonna be for me <laughs> right. this is gonna be a little bit painful but it's been um it's been really fun derek i'm really glad well, uh really, thank you i feel really flattered thank you hopefully you'll be back soon and we'll talk about other things this yeah. is the the he more headier i i realize that things have been getting a little more headier yeah, than i originally planned but it's not a bad thing yeah Movies are about things, you guys. They're all yeah. about explosions. Sometimes yeah. they're about your personality yeah, and feelings. Yeah, it's about stuff. We made ice cream yeah. <laughs> about a movie, and we figured out a way to, like, deep delve into our childhood We ate at stuff. a pie shop to talk about White House Down. Did you ever, did you make that connection? The Americanness of pie. And I'm going to take credit for that. Yeah, do it. I'm going to say that that was all together. And it ends on a uh, 
what's her name? Adele song. Adele song. And it's like your anthem. You're like, yeah. you know what? Fuck you, men. Speaking of strong women. I'm going to write my own female yeah. character. And that's kind of not... We're wrapping up, but like I, I and I haven't seen this movie yet. There's a movie called Ruby Sparks, written mm-hmm. by Zoe mm-hmm. Kazan, that sounded bad because it was a guy writing a young woman, right? That it's his perfect woman, but then she starts getting, I guess, outside of the box, and you right. realize, I guess, yeah, you, like can't, you can't. Yeah, these creations don't. Mm-hmm. They're not real. So maybe we'll check that out, and we'll we'll come yeah. back to you. But thank you, Eve Sturgis, for coming on, and you'll be back soon, hopefully. And uh, thank you for listening to this part. Well, that was something. Another fine episode in the can and in your head and in your ears. Um, I'd like to thank Eve Sturgis once again for uh, participating in the podcast and doing such a great job. Um, if you want to uh, contact us, you can email us at, at, at um, picturestartpodcast uh, at gmail.com. We're on Twitter as picturestartpod. I think we're at picturestartpod. Listen, social networking and... I, I don't know why anybody would take picture start anyway, but they did, and I had to be pod. Um, and on Facebook, I think we're pictures where you can find us at facebook.com slash picture start podcast. And uh, give us a like. Um, we're on iTunes now. Same title. Uh, go there, subscribe, rate, and review us. Be kind or be honest. Who knows? We're pretty honest on this show. We can take it. Um, definitely like and subscribe and. Uh, generate uh, interest uh, further the momentum because you can't stop the signal really um, if you want to listen to other podcast fineries um, I co-host uh, Popsicles with Brendan Creasy uh, we do that uh, bi-weekly as well and you can find all of these podcasts on the Benview Network at uh, www.benviewnetwork.com and uh, there's a whole bunch of other podcasts on there that are just as good I'm not even going to say that we're better than them or that they're better than us. We're all, we're all kind of equal. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, tune in in about two weeks. Uh, at my friend Edward Erdelak will be a guest, and we talk about uh, The Lone Ranger. And those We're going to get more timely as we go on. Uh, we're not going to just talk about summer flops. Uh, so thanks for listening, and uh, good night. I've been walking for a long time and still don't